New year, new you, new CMO combos bringing marketing leaders everything they need to succeed. Kicking things off, we're joined by Sarah Roberts, CMO of Bolden Networks, as we take a look at the importance of human-centric marketing leadership in 2024. What does that mean for your marketing strategy? What does that mean for your teams? And where the heck does AI fit into all this? We answer all these questions and more, so listen on. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to CMO Convo. How are you doing today? I'm good. Lovely to be here. Thanks for having me, Will. Well, it's, it's great to have you. It's great to have you, especially with the topic that we're talking about today, because it's one of those big passions of mine, and that, that is that human-centric marketing and human-centric branding, and particularly good to be having it at this time of year, since we are going to be talking about how to progress with that in 2024. It's almost December at time of recording. We're all thinking about the, the coming year, so it's perfect time to be having this discussion, Sarah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good to start the year with new ideas and things to think about. Exactly, exactly. So before we get into those new ideas, though, Sarah, let's uh, let's learn a bit more about you. Tell us a bit more about your background and, and why this topic was an important one for you to be talking about today. Yeah, so um, obviously, Sarah Roberts, I'm a group CMO at Bolden Networks. Um, so for those of you that don't know Bolden Networks, many of you won't, um, we're one of the world's largest neutral host providers. Um, working on infrastructure projects from connectivity on the London Underground, New York Subway, venues across the US, UK, Ireland and Europe, crypto arena, um, wind farms, like wherever there's an opportunity to bring connectivity to people, um, we enable that infrastructure. So um, I've been on a very exciting journey of bringing our businesses together over the last couple of years. Um, we're on a huge growth path um, and it's been wonderful to be able to kind of think about how we take six businesses and bring them into one. Um, and as you do that, I think, um, and the topic that we're talking about today around uh, kind of people um, and thinking about that end customer and uh, people-centric marketing, um, it's become really, really important. So I think I've always been incredibly passionate about um, what I like to call H to H, human to human marketing, um, but has really been dialed up as we think about taking you know, a business through a purpose-led brand transformation, the market and our customers as well. Um, I actually, when I was at um, university, I studied uh, psychology and um, educational uh, development. Um, so very much around the people side, um, what makes people tick, uh, really got me thinking about kind of that end person and then ended up in the space of marketing. Um, and yes, I went and did the, the obligatory marketing degree and, and learned a whole lot in, in that space as well. Um, but I think really my grounding in psychology has helped me think about that, that end person, think about the people in a business and think about my team as well. Um, so that's, I guess, where that passion started and has kind of grown over 20 years of uh, my career. I don't like saying 20 years too often. That makes me sound <laughs> very old. But, you know, sometimes you have to actually kind of acknowledge that. Yeah, I mean, that, that that wave of experience is going to be important for this discussion. So I appreciate you you mentioning that, Sarah. Um, so, yeah, it sounds to me like all these different aspects of Bolden, um, this idea of connectivity means that humans really do need to be very, very important. Like Connectivity is not just about like your Wi-Fi speed. It's not just about being able to upload and download things. It is about really keeping that human-centric thing. Like what are you able to do with that? What kind of... Connectivity, I think, definitely in a post-pandemic world, it's so important in, in order to keep people connected. And I think that's something that's going to be really come to the fore in this discussion. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it's 
in all parts of our lives. So there is, you know, the base level where so that you can use your mobile phone on the tube so that, you know, you know you're going to be late for getting home to pick up the kids and you can make sure that someone picks them up. So that real kind of human aspect. But then we're working lots um, and one of the uh, acquisitions that we're working through, we haven't quite closed yet, but we're working through and announced is a, a private networks business in um in, in Europe and the UK and private networks is you're thinking about, you know, how businesses can harness that connectivity, which, you know, at the ground level, that sounds just like business, but there's an end person, right? It's about um, a way to be able to deliver products or create safe environments for the people working in those um, industries or manufacturing or airports and things like that. So there's the, the bit that you think about every day and then there's the bit behind the scenes that's just as important that enables your life as well. So, you know, really, really exciting times and so many exciting things happen. You know, we've got a, a whole portfolio around the military space um, in the US, which is fantastic, you know, creating smart places so that, you know, our, this, our service people on bases can connect with, you know, someone off um, in another country serving and, and have that level of connectivity to, you know, creating um, spaces in New York uh, where people can get access to connectivity that they may not have had so that they can have an equal footing and we can really kind of get rid of that digital divide that has been created with connectivity. So lots of things that we can um, kind of aspire to and, and focus on. Um, and when we did that, the brand transformation, we really grounded in our purpose. So our purpose is unlocking the power of an interconnected future. An interconnected future isn't just about throwing something out there. It's about the two-way communication. It's the fact that, you know, we connect business that then connects people. We connect people who connect to other people. Um, and how can we really create that ecosystem and ensure that everyone's lives are the best they can be? Um, so it's re really important that that people aspect in our business. Fantastic, fantastic. So let's start with let's start fairly broad, shall we? Um, and the setup for this is we are going to dive in some like specific tips. But let's start really broad as like laying down a bit of a foundation. So this idea of human centric, customer centric marketing it's been around for a while now, and people do often talk about they want to be they're, they're human focused marketers or they're customer centric marketers. But I feel like 2024, this is going to be more important than ever with all the new technologies coming out, with everything that's going to be going on next year in terms of um, in terms of world events, in terms of certain political things that are going to be happening. Of course, the US has an election year coming up that's going to be incredibly divisive, likely. But yeah, they, I feel like this human... Yeah. Politics always is divisive, regardless definitely. of the situation. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be more and more important, I think, to really appeal to that humanity so where do you think we need to be focusing in order to really capture that kind of humanity in 2024 like what should we need to be do to really find out what that means to a brands and b customers so i think there's a couple of key pieces so i think a large part and this is it's a skill that you should be using in your business just as much as in terms of how you market is actually listening I think it's a, a skill that gets talked about a lot, but I don't think people properly harness. And the, the reality is it's arrogant to go into 2024 and say, I know exactly what my customer wants and I know exactly what, what the market's going to do and I'm going to, you know, 
I, I'm the marketer and I'm going to sell to them. I think it's really important that you are listening to the market and your customer um, from, you know, the, the actual having a conversation with them, thinking about what their challenges are, what their pain points are, thinking about how then as a business you can deliver solutions that meet those um, aspects. You know, thinking not in terms of kind of broad brush, but how you can tailor things more. So in, in the B2B space and, you know, we're B2B, you know, enterprise very much so and, and government and um, local government. So, and, you know, there's lots of different facets to that, but the, the reality is um, we have the ability to kind of tailor. But I think even in an environment where you maybe have smaller deals, you've still got to listen and find a way to be able to tailor. And, and for me, that's not just there's been so much talk around this idea of personalization and I think that's really important but it's taking it one step further because I think personalization still can be very broad brush it's like I've got some data so you know if I uh make sure that it, it sounds like it, it's for them and I kind of vaguely know what their interests might be I've, I've personalized it for them and I think it's thinking more about actually tailoring it and properly listening to the customer and the market and then thinking about how you can help as a business um, and really kind of also the alignment. If you then think from the practical side of things, how do you do that, that real strong alignment between your sales or commercial arm uh, and your marketing arm um, and really working together to be able to kind of bring together those aspects of what that customer needs. Awesome. And yeah, I think as well, it's worth mentioning sort of the, the other side of the coin, and that's brands showing their own humanity to customers. Obviously, AI has been one of the biggest topics of conversation this year. And it's not just something that's being talked about in marketing circles. Consumers are aware of what's going on in terms of generative AI and its impact it's having on industry. So being at, like, obviously, marketers are going to continue to leverage AI in 2024. Like that genie's out of the bottle now. But it's about showing that AI isn't just doing everything. Like we are, we do have humans that are doing jobs. We do have humans that are doing the marketing and putting that kind of human centric marketing on the other side of the coin as well. Like it's not just something that brands put out, it's what customers look inwards at as well. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there's a there's a few kind of comments I'd love love to add into the AI space. So I think there you are right. There is this fear that AI is going to take over everything. I would argue that it's probably a fear maybe that media's help create um, rather than the reality of the situation. Um, now, I'll give you an example. So from our brand identity, a large part of that is created with AI imagery. Um, do you know how hard that is to do? <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone thinks you just plug a few words in a machine yeah. and it pumps out this. We worked for so so long to create what we created, probably longer than you'd take to do build a photo. Um, and, I mean, we created an identity that both spanned, you know, the, the photography through to the imagery, the AI imagery, um, and we made decisions along the way that, you know, people would we'd never do AI imagery of people. It was about structures. Our people are our people. You've got to be human. It goes back to the human piece. Um, but I think there's this real big misnomer that we're a lot more evolved in, than we are. Um, and, you know, we created these beautiful images and then realised, and this is with our amazing brand agency, Landor, that actually they came out low res and then we had to put them in a high res kind of uh, processing piece. So there's there's all this misnomers were a lot more evolved. I think it is an exciting place to play in. And I think the really exciting thing for marketing is that, in my mind, if there are elements of marketing that AI can help and drive, 
that's not going to mean that marketers are going to lose jobs in my mind. It's going to mean that we're going to free marketers up to think. I think in the land of marketing, we are always just so busy doing. You know, we, we get opportunities to think, but a lot of the time we're, we're doing. And I think anyone that knows anything about a business, marketers get roped into everything under the sun. If a business can't solve anything, somehow marketing gets involved, which is wonderful. Um, but it also means we get consumed. So if AI can bring in, you know, speed up some of the processes that we have, some of the, the more the aspects of tasks that don't need thinking, can free up people to think. Um, and I there it was at a um, conference a few weeks ago, and we actually had some AI experts out of uh, Cambridge and The Economist, and they were talking about AI. And, you know, the thing that really resonated with me was that they made the comment that AI at this stage doesn't have interest. It just, you plug in and it pumps out. And, yeah, it, it learns and there's machine learning and it, it, it learns to build over time, but it doesn't have interest. But humans have interest. So there's a there's a real quality that we can harness and hopefully it freezes up as individuals to be able to do more of that and, and learn and grow um, so that as, as marketers we can be even more fantastic than what we already are. So I, I'm excited about the future, always cautious and nervous and need to learn, but I, I see it that there's more opportunity than not in my mind. Definitely. definitely. And, and grounded in the human aspect. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think I think as well it's worth mentioning that certain AI tools, like I think stuff like ChatGPT, generative AI, sort of dominate the conversation. But there's certain AI tools that are going to allow you to reach customers, whether it's consumers or businesses, on a more human level. Like one of the most interesting discussions I've had this year around AI has been around using it for localization, for using it for mm -hmm. translation and stuff like that. Being able to talk to your customers in their actual languages. And I think that's a good recognition of how the world and particularly businesses are evolving. Like we're moving away from the expectation that every single person who works in a business needs to speak English all over the world and needs to be able to respond to English marketing. Like why shouldn't we be speaking to a small business owner in Germany, in German? Why shouldn't we be speaking to an executive in China, in Chinese? And that's something that AI can allow us to do in a way that was previously very, very expensive. And that's what I think is the interesting with AI is how it's unlocking certain routes to reach people in ways that we might not have been able to previously, rather than it just replacing like, oh, it's going to write all our content for us. It's how can it help us use that content better? Mm -hmm. And how can it ensure that that example you gave us, we're thinking about the actual individual at the other end, rather than the broad brush that we may have previously done. Definitely, definitely. So let's start digging into some tips about how CMOs, how CMOs and their brands can really start connecting with their customers on a human level. I think we've touched on a few right now, but let's 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 start with like some really, really practical steps about what CMOs can be doing as they move into 2024 to really get to know their customers and get to know their teams as well and how to leverage their skills. Yeah. And I'm glad you touched on team because I, I like that's just for me just as important as thinking about the end customer because I think, you know, as marketers, you know, we have a deep seated need to make sure that we're doing the best for our customer. We do at Bolden, you know, at the heart of everything we do. But if you don't help and nurture and think about the human that is your team and your business as well, then I think you miss a trick. And I think interestingly for me as well, you know, when we went on our brand journey, a large part of it was around internal engagement and, and people. 
because the reality is that if you haven't got your people engaged in your brand and consistently telling your story, you've you you've completely missed a trick because you will market out there and tell one story and then you'll have someone go out here and they'll say a completely different story and you've uh, you know you've created kind of a a mixed message in market. So ensuring that your business is engaged in in what you're trying to do, I think from my perspective when I think about you know the the customer custom marketing and creating that human face of a business. I think it's been really clear as a business and in your marketing strategy what your purpose is and ensuring that the activities and how you market are aligned with a purpose. I'm a huge believer in storytelling. Um, I think you do need to get down to the the nitty-gritty and, and work out what your products and solutions are and how you message that. But I think you really have to tell it a story and, again, a story to market just as much as to um, the people in your business. Um, get them excited, get them being able to tell that story and then you've got this whole army of people um, that can kind of really uh, bring to life what you're trying to say. And then I think, you know, the other side of that is the people in your team as well and and making sure that they're – they're excited and nurtured and want to grow and learn and you create an environment and a team that's around empowerment and respect. Um, and I, I think, you know, for me, one of the, the key things that as a leader that I think is really important that I try and live to create that environment so that then we're thinking about how we market externally is around kindness. I think it's one of those hidden gems that people kind of talk about, but we don't really kind of sit and, and dive into. Um, and for me, kindness is very much in the workplace. It, it should be something that we're dialing up a lot more. That doesn't mean we don't challenge ourselves. It doesn't mean that we, we sit back and, you know, everything's, I don't know hugs and kisses as such. <laughs> but I think it's just understanding that there's another person at, at the other end um, and making sure we bring that through. Um, the other bit around building team that I think is really important is creating diversity in a team. Again, how can you market to a, a diverse mix of customers as people if you haven't got a diverse group of people in your in your team? Um, I, you know, I'm I, I'm not the smartest person on my team. I hire people that <laughs> are smarter than me that will challenge me, right? Um, and I like to hire as well from people from diverse industries and different backgrounds. If I just hired from only telco or only telco infrastructure, I'd have a whole group of people that think the same. And I think, you know, we're marketing to different people and different businesses from all different industries and all different segments. So I want to ensure that I've got that mix in my team so that they challenge me, they challenge each other, they challenge themselves to think about how they market to that end person as well. So I think that's really important. Definitely, definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, sorry. <laughs> at the end of the day, if you can't inspire your team and if you can't turn your team into something that's inspiring, when they have a vested interest in seeing a, in a product succeed or a brand succeed, how can you expect your customers to be inspired by a product? How can you expect your customers to be inspired by your brand? So it's really, really important to, if you're thinking about customer-centric marketing, your first customers need to be the people in your team at the end of the day. They're the first recipients for the marketing, for the branding that you're putting out, because they're the ones who are actually going to take that 
original inspiration in the same way that a customer takes a product and does amazing things with it. They're going to take that original inspiration and then go further with it at the end of the day. And it's happy marketers, the ones who feel they are supported through that kindness that you were saying, who are going to go that extra mile in terms of creativity. Marketing isn't a job where people can just come in and punch in and punch out. You do need that creative edge, even though there's been all this talk around AI and stuff like that as like idea generation, stuff like that. Creativity is incredibly important. And in order to get good creativity, you need to support it and you need to nurture it. And I think that's one of the most important responsibilities for CMOs, like not just now, but for all time, like no matter what happens with technology in the future in terms of team structures, that nurturing that kind of support for creativity is going to be incredibly important. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's even taking it further. I would say creativity and innovation. Yeah. Um, because I, I think in the, the changing landscape of roles is going to be a lot more people that will need to be more analytical in their thinking. Um, and for me, I like to use the word innovation because that equals just doing things differently and challenging the status quo um, and thinking outside the box. So I, I definitely think, because I, I do think there will be a change in the dynamics of, of of marketing teams. I think that's completely inevitable if we're doing more and, and using AI, then there is a different kind of mindset um, that will be needed in amongst what we already have as well, which is exciting because then, you know, again, it's not a fear of AI. It's more that we'll need to expand our, our knowledge and bring in new skills um, into the team. So, yeah, I challenge all my team constantly to try and think outside the box. How can we be doing something a little bit differently? How can we push the boundaries? I mean, that, that's what we created with Bolden Networks. I think it would have been very easy to stay safe. You know, we're infrastructure. Like, as much as I, I love infrastructure, I think it's really cool what we actually enable. But I think a lot of people think, well, infrastructure is just building stuff and it's a bit boring. Um, and we really push the boundaries to say, well, no, like we're actually enabling people's lives. Like, and we grounded in the purpose. We, we grounded in a really clear understanding of what we were trying to deliver. And then we brought that to life in a different way so that, you know, against our competitors and then the um, kind of the, the space that we're in, we're a very different brand. And then I've taken that and I've made sure all marketers across the business. And to be honest, everybody in the business that we're challenging ourselves every day. How can we go out there and say that we are doing things different and that we're bold and dynamic if we don't actually do that? So it was so important that you know our people lived and breathed it and it came into our dna um because otherwise you know customers see it through it straight away oh cool i got this amazing bold and dynamic piece of marketing but then the person i'm dealing with is just exactly the same and they're not actually living it so it's kind of you know that end-to-end -end and single view of customer and making sure all those those touch points completely align and that you are bringing the brand through so obviously with the the merger having happened recently and uh, like the big focus on alignment, were there any sort of key activities or key processes that you worked on to really develop this kind of internal alignment, this kind of inspiration for the people in the team? Lots, and it hasn't been easy. <laughs> I think if, um, if I said it had been easy, I'd be completely lying. I think it did, it did make it, you know, part of what we did in bringing all the brands together and creating a brand new brand made it a little bit easier because I think everyone was on equal footing and that was very deliberate. Um, and we took our people through every stage of it. So when we said we're going to rebrand, we told them. When we said we don't know what it's going to be but it's not going to be any of the other brands, we told them. We're like at every stage they were the first to know, you know, and we might say we can't tell you an aspect of it but we're, we're taking you on the journey. So really important that, you know, our people 
lived and breathed um, what we were doing and we kind of took them through the, the piece that um, we were on. I completely lost my train of thought. What what was your question again? I, I was telling you a great story there. <laughs> no, no worries, no worries. Um, yeah, so it was um... – yeah, it was about like the, any specific sort of activities that you did as part of this oh, process. Yes, yes, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Okay, so, cool. Um, right. Do you want me? Do you want me to tee you up again with the question, or do you want to? Yeah, tee me up with the, the question again. Yeah, I'm going to okay. talk about collaboration. Is where I'm going to yeah. go with this. Awesome. Okay. Um, so, yeah, obviously, Sarah, with the the merger having happened recently, and as you said, this big focus on brand alignment and education. Were there any sort of specific activities or processes that are really important as part of getting that? alignment together getting that sort of inspiration for all these different teams coming from different brands and stuff like that um yes in a nutshell it wasn't easy um it's been kind of a interesting journey uh but i think you know being transparent and honest with our people was, has been really key to success of what we've done um right from you know the get-go when we said we're going to rebrand we let everyone know when we said that we were going to not use any of the old brands we're going to have a new brand we can't tell you what it is we let them know so we made them feel part of the journey they got opportunities to share thoughts they got opportunities to give their ideas so that was really kind of really important to what we were doing um the, the other bit of that is we haven't gone right, we've launched the brand um, and now we're all kind of one brand and that was deliberate that we had a new brand and everyone was on equal footing. Um, we've now kind of gone into how do we then maintain and grow that alignment with what we're doing. Um, we're doing a lot of work around collaboration. So if we are truly one brand internally, we need to be collaborating even more than than we are so you know we already do kind of ad hoc collaboration but we're kind of I'm working with our people and culture team and our technology team it's kind of a our collab squad as we call it three years of the business to look at how we over the next 18 months run a program of alignment across the ability of, across the, uh, the business um, and collaboration across the business because I think you know that's where new ideas happen, that's where you grow, that's where you challenge yourself, um, and that's where you can truly become one brand. So we've kind of really tried to embed what we're doing and not just a, a logo and bringing the businesses together. We also want to bring that through into our culture and, and how we operate as a business. Awesome, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, just focusing on sort of the, the people and the recipients that are going to make up the brand. The brand isn't a logo. A brand is the people within it at the end of the day. So, yeah, definitely. Um so let's uh, let's switch tack on sort of like more of the customer focus. Um, there was something you mentioned earlier about the importance of listening to customers and getting to know them on that level. How do you go about sort of starting that conversation? How do you actually go about getting to know the customers on the, the level of depth that you need to do to be able to respond to their needs? So again, we're an organization with not like we don't have the giant list of customers. So we're very lucky that we can actually a lot of the time go out and speak to them. So it's working really closely with our commercial team, actually physically going out and speaking to them or being on a team's call with them and speaking to them and understanding what their pain points are. I think it's also, you know, being having a really close alignment. And I, I mentioned this earlier between kind of commercial and marketing so that if they are going out and talking to someone and they mention pain points, they mention, you know, opportunities for for the, our businesses to work together that that gets fed through to marketing um and again then when you can start to start to see some alignment between um customers and some of the different um 
industries, then you can kind of take that higher up and then think about what does that mean for a wider group of customers? And then what does that mean for future customers? And what does that mean kind of for the for the lead generation and the, and the prospects that we're trying to bring into the funnel? Um, you obviously can't go out and speak to all of those because you may not know them yet, but I think it's kind of understanding and, you know, your current customers to be able to take a to wider view. It's also being, um, you know, out, out and about at, you know, industry events um, and being on the ground and hearing what, you know, compet- like competitors are saying as well. I mean, I know we, you always kind of go, oh, it's the competitor. I don't want to listen to them. But the best thing you can do is listen to your competitor, right? Look, some stuff may not be exactly what you want to hear, but I think, you know, if you're seeing a number of competitors kind of talking one way about a particular topic, um, then there probably is something in that that maybe their customers are sharing as well. So I think it's being very open to new ideas. It's being very open to what's happening in market, trends, talking to media, um, that, you know, they're again, they've got their finger on the pulse. They might not tell you who it is, but, you know, there's normally uh, kind of some sort of information that they can share. But go back to, again, like being your best friend, being best friends with the sales team is the, the best thing that, that you can do, um, that that opens that window into talking to customers. We also do a lot around like um, our digital journey, um, mapping, you know, where the interests are sitting on our our website and our content. That gives us a real good gauge as to um, this is a topic that's obviously really interesting. Um, So how can we kind of grow what we're doing in that space? So, again, it's trying to kind of keep an eye on, on trends and what's happening. Awesome. I think I think one of the best things I found from having these kinds of customer conversations by opening up these kinds of channels is how good it is at getting rid of assumptions. You can have all these assumptions about what your brand stands for, what impact it might have on people, even like looking at certain data sets and stuff. You like obviously it's a human brain that looks in it and the human brain looks for connections there and might generate some assumptions. And there's nothing better than sweeping away that and really getting to down to brass tacks that actually speaking to your customers and actually getting some really, really healthy insights out of them. And I love how that can guide sort of all different aspects of a business, like not just in terms of marketing, but in terms of product development, in terms of like different aspects of your customer service as well. So has there been any like big benefits on in those terms? Like have, how have you shared those kinds of insights with other parts of the business that you might have had from these customer conversations? Um, so, talking to people. And, again, <laughs> and it goes back to what I was saying about the collaboration piece and really bringing the different pieces of the business together. And, I've always loved marketing because marketing is always a little bit of a linchpin of bringing bits of the business together. We have to work with every aspect of the business. You can't function unless you do. So then that you can then be the one that can, you know, if you hear something really interesting from finance, and I know everyone kind of goes finance, but Let's be honest. Fine, but finance can see, we'll see trends and deals. They'll, they'll, there's there's aspects out of that that you can bring through that you might want to share in with the sales team and and vice versa. You know, we work really really closely with the people and culture team. You know, they're recruiting. They're hearing what the market's saying. So you know, yes, we may be talking to a customer, but quite a lot of the time we recruit customers too, right? So you know, how can you be listening to what's happening in the recruitment space and then? Um, on the flip side of that, sharing that back in when we're when we're thinking about how we advertise for you know and recruit um, and position the business, uh, you know, in the external market 
for for new people to come in. So it's that's the wonderful thing about marketing. We get to talk lots, bring the business together, and I think what we're doing is how we take that further so that it doesn't always have to be marketing. And that's this program of collaboration and using technology. I think we're in a wonderful age of so much amazing technology where people can collaborate, whether you're in Italy, whether you're in Finland, soon to be, whether you're in Ireland, whether you're in you know Canada, whether you're in Hong Kong, you can actually share ideas. Um, so I think it's getting people harnessing the technology um, and getting people working together so that marketing always isn't the linchpin. It's great that we are a little bit of the linchpin. Just don't tell the rest of the business that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, you've got to get the other areas going, which is why this collaboration project is so important to the success of the business um, because you've got to collaborate and, and work together and, and learn from different aspects of the business. Definitely, definitely. It's interesting you bring up the the people and culture team and the, and the recruitment side of things because going back to what you're saying about um, the importance of diverse teams, it's not just something that's good for coming up with new ideas. It's not just something that's good for ethical considerations as well. It's something that is important in terms of business goals and business sense. A lot of companies I've heard now are having diversity requirements in their RFPs that are putting out to um, businesses they want to work with. And that's something that you really need to work with closely with your 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 culture team, your recruitment teams as a, as a CMO. Do you think that's something that's going to be... Actually, I'm going to rephrase that. Um, sorry, Sarah. How do you see that developing in the future? Is that something that's going to be something that we can sort of organically manage or is it, are we going to have to be stricter with the requirements we have in terms of the, the people that we have within certain teams in terms of hitting those kinds of requirements for the kind of expectations that uh, businesses have for their partnerships? I'm going to sit on the fence. That's probably a bit of both. Okay. Um, I think in the near term is probably that we need to put more of the requirements in so that everyone trains themselves to think about it. But I think longer term, that's not sustainable. And I think as a society, it needs to just be part of all our DNA to think about the diversity piece. Um, that That's how the world has to go. Um, I don't, I mean, look, I'm very lucky at Bolden that, you know, we're, you know, we're getting there on the diversity aspect. You know, we're an infrastructure telco business like there's a lot of guys <laughs> so we're doing we're doing a lot to ensure that you know um that females um and and wider than that as well we're thinking about other diversity aspects uh, are really kind of respected and can grow but also working with um i guess the we call them the allies so the people that can help do that you know we've kicked off um a bold woman program so thinking about you know how we grow our females in the business but also then give back to the industry and how we help grow females in the industry and that's just one part so I mean I think you can functionally say that you know you need so many people that are um have this diverse background and this diverse background but I think as a society we just need to be challenging ourselves and it just needs to become part of the DNA Look, I think we've got a bit to go, to be completely honest, until we get to that point. Um, but I think we're getting there. I think things are better. I think things, I think things are getting better. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's not perfect. We're still far away from perfect. But I think as well, like this recognition of it being 
something that is beneficial to business success is going to be what, I mean, it's horrible to say it, very cynical to say it. That's going to be what moves the needle at the end of the day when companies recognize that diversity isn't just an ethical consideration. It's something you can make revenue from as well. And it's, yeah. It drives innovation, completely it does, it drives does. innovation. Yeah. You need difference in thinking. And it's interesting in the marketing space because too often I hear, oh, no, I only recruit like telco into telco. Like it's, it, and it's every industry, every industry, there is a, I want someone that's done exactly this job. How is that going to help your business? You've already been doing that. You've been doing that for five, 10 years. You need someone that's going to come in with a whole different way of doing things that's going to go, you've been doing some great stuff and then we're going to pinch some aspects of the industry they came from and you're going to be even better. You can't grow unless you have new knowledge and new learning. Um, and I, I think in the marketing space, look, I, yes, we need to challenge ourselves on kind of the diversity from, you know, how we think about, you know, females and males and, and all that aspect, but I also why it's diversity of thinking. And I, I think that's the bit we should all be challenging ourselves on that I don't think we challenge ourselves on enough because the media doesn't make a big deal of it. So, you know, we, we always, it's human nature, right, latch onto what the media is talking about and, and what's being discussed. And I think, you know, both should be uh, equally of, of, of importance in what we're doing. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, and... We're, we're, and we're talking about like when it comes to customers, when it comes to whether you're B2C or B2B, your actual customers are diversifying at massive mm-hmm. rates as well. The actual people you're marketing to are changing rapidly. And you need to keep pace with that with your teams in order to actually build those kinds of human connections that you need to be able mm-hmm. to like, like, as you said, like AI, it doesn't have intent. It doesn't necessarily have the means to build that kind of human connection uh, just yet. So we need those people still to be able to mm-hmm. say like, this is how we reach that audience segment. This is how we know the concerns about this audience. Like you can read all these different reports and stuff, but there's nothing better than lived-in experience. Like if you're marketing to single mothers, have a single mother on your team who's able to talk about the different challenges they have. If you're marketing to small business owners, have someone who's got experience in those kinds of spaces. Like it's it's all about having this melting pot, I think. And that's how you get the best dishes is when you have all the different ingredients in there, I think, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I like that analogy. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. I'm pretty proud of it as well. I just came up with all the top of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, My team would be say would say it's something I come up with. I always come up with random phrases. Like <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, so, <laughs> Sarah, obviously, 2024, it's going to be potentially another very, very chaotic year like 2023 there's a lot going on in marketing circles and outside of it 2024 is likely to continue that trend perhaps even more what should cmos be taking as sort of like their their really sort of north star their guiding light when it comes to this kind of human-centric marketing maybe we can break it down and sort of like how they need to be thinking about their teams and how they need to be thinking about their customers Mm. so i think when I think about 2024, I think the conversation is all going to be about technology. So we've touched on AI this year. It's going to be it will go gangbusters next year. And the more you take talk about technology, the more people kind of get lost in the land that is technology. And so more than ever, thinking about the person at the other end or the person in your team is going to become 
incredibly important. And I challenge all CMOs to put that at the top of what they're doing is thinking about the individual, whether that is the customer, whether that is your team, how do we ensure that, as you talked about, you know, you drive creativity, you drive you drive innovation, you listen to your, what your customer needs are and that you keep delivering because there's going to be a lot of noise. There's going to be a huge amount of noise around technology. And I think it's important to think about how that then can impact it. And, you know, we're moving at the speed of light. Who knows? I mean, there could be something, you know, gone tenfold over past chat GBC next year. Um but people are always going to be people. So that's an, the interesting play in all of this. Um, people are always going to want to feel connected. It's human nature that we want to be part of a community and it's human nature to want to trust people. So you need to think about that and how you market. How are you telling your story so that people want to trust you and understand you? Now, how are you delivering that message into your sales team so that your sales team can build that trust with their customers? You know, the it's really important that they build those relationships. You know, there is a huge splitting of the number of stakeholders that they have. So it's going to get even harder for salespeople um, over the next year to build those relationships. And so marketing are going to have to have a real you know, tough time of helping them and guiding them through and getting them thinking of that, that customer at the end of the day um, at the other end and how we talk to them and what's actually important to them. Lots of noise, filter the noise out, what's actually important to them. And then when you take that into your, your business, it's you know, what gets people going to work? What makes people happy? How can you energize your business? I've got a, I'm very lucky, you know, with our brand, we've got a whole army of people that are excited, but, you know, they're excited this year and I've got to keep them energized, right? There's only so much merch and swag I can give them. Like <laughs> at the moment, that's what excites them. Um, it's very scary. Um, but it, it's thinking about how you can do that and how you can bring people together. Collaboration, community, like that's the same thing. And then, you know, drilling that down into your own team. It's thinking about how do you bring your team together and create that sense of community. How do you empower them? How do you deliver that kindness? You know, we're all incredibly busy. The demands on our jobs only get like larger every year. We're then going to start asking our teams to understand what technology, how that's going to impact, you know, their roles. So more than ever, it's understanding what's going on in their worlds. You know, what what's keeping them up at night? You know, do they have kids that are troublesome or dogs that are troublesome or, or what's going on in their world and, and how can we help them fill their tanks and taking that same amount of kindness to then thinking about, you know, the, the, the end customer and translating that through. So I think it's how we can deal with the noise. I think next year is going to be a noise year. I think it's going to be really important that and amongst the noise you remember the person because um, there will always be. I don't, should I say there's always going to be people? I don't know, there's always going to be people, but who knows in 50 years. Um, but, you know, people are people. They need community. You need to be talking to them human to human, and you need to be doing the same with your teams and the people in your business. Don't forget the people in your business. People in your business, just as important as how you market out to your customer and working with people and culture are incredibly important. Fantastic. Sarah, I think that's a great note to end on there. Like, obviously, like, I can't speak for every marketer out there, but 
it's conversations like this as both a marketer and a consumer that yeah keep me going in the in the business when we see all this stuff about ai and stuff we see all this stuff about how technology is developing and as you said the media does kind of fuel a lot of those conversations and makes it a bit more extreme than it actually is but this kind of recognition of the importance of humanity both in terms of reaching customers and in terms of leading your teams i think that is yeah that is the kind of conversations we need to be having as marketers right now and it's great to see in terms of the conversations i've had today but also with other marketers as well that we do recognize that humans are so central to our roles and we can't do our jobs without humans like a we need humans to do the marketing and b we need humans to market too like we're a long way off when we're gonna have ai trying to market to ai so yeah but thank you very much for your time sarah i really enjoyed today's conversation yeah me too it was lovely to chat will Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Sarah. And thank you very much to our audience as well. I'm sure you've enjoyed this conversation. 2024, as Sarah said, it's going to be a big year around technology. So let's just try and cut through that noise, shall we? But let's keep listening to some noises because we'll be back soon with some more CMO Combo. Like what you heard from this CMO Combo? Make sure you hit the subscribe button and leave a rating so the whole world knows how great it was.